Welcome to another episode of How You Can Too with your host, your boy, Alvi, aka Danny, aka Mr. You Can Too. I have a super dope episode in store for you today. I have my friend, performance coach with a focus and corporate wellness, Mr. Joe Metcalf himself. In today's episode, we take a deep dive into the importance of mindfulness, managing stress, intentionality, and vision, and how all of those things are core parts of your personal development, which are going to be actual core parts or core components of your professional development as well. Joe and I share some pretty vulnerable moments where we talk about how our own personal journey and how deaths to people close to us have really been a catalyst in the work that we do, how we show up in the world, and ultimately how we continue to grow ourselves today. If you enjoy this show, please, please, please share it with your family, friends, and loved ones. It would mean the world to me if you leave a five-star rating and a review of the show. I honor you. I appreciate you. I love you. And as always, you can too. Enjoy the show. Welcome, 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 ladies and gentlemen. I have an astounding guest for you today. I got my man Joe Metcalf in the building. Joe is a performance coach with a focus in corporate wellness. He's the author of The Inner Peace Experiment. He's the co-host of Miami Made, and that's where I've met Joe. And he is also the founder of the Miami Beach Mastermind. What I love about Joe in this short time that I met him is how fast I feel like I connected with him. I really feel like Joe is a soul brother and he is so grounded and passionate all at the same time. And to me, it seems like such a great balance of the yin and the yang. I got to hang out with Joe yesterday and he created a space along with the other co-host, my friend Julian Castro. And it's a space and it's called Miami Made, and the space is just so amazing, bringing so many like-minded entrepreneurs together who are there to share their gifts with everybody else that is in that space and also the world at large. Joe, welcome to the show, my man. Alvi, great to be here, brother. Thanks so much for having me, and uh, what's up, man? How are you? Man, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. It's been a great day so far. Got my movement in, got my cold exposure, my hot exposure, Got some good grocery shopping in. I'm well fed. And man, I'm just lit up and ready to have a a great conversation with you. I love it, man. I love it. Well, it's great having you as part of Miami Made and bringing your vibes to the community and uh, all the value that you bring. So it's just just awesome and uh, beautiful connection we have here, man. So I'm glad to be on this podcast and dive in. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. I appreciate you creating the space. I appreciate you having me and letting me be welcome. And something that I always love to ask the guest is kind of what were the pivotal points that got you to where you are now? I know you have a big focus in mindfulness, helping people create a flow state and creating clarity so that they can go about actually creating the life they want, visualizing that life and ultimately being able to perform at their best, especially in the workplace and outside the workplace. Please walk me through some of like the pivotal points that got you to there. Yeah, man. Thank you so much. And, and you're spot on. So, 
you know, I founded Miami Beach Masterminds, you know, three years ago and, um, you know, it evolved into a uh, coaching business and also corporate wellness consulting business, right? And uh, I'm a performance coach with a focus in that corporate wellness space and I help companies by helping their employees and founders increase performance and productivity, you know, really through the whole mindfulness component of letting go of stress, lowering stress and applying empathy in their business and in their lives, as well as really honing in on what the intentions are for that individual or that company. Um, And it really, it manifested through my own personal need for this work, right? A personal need for this um, uh, release in stress, this release in anxiety that I was feeling um, about 10 years ago in, in my prior career before being in this performance coaching and wellness coaching space, I was in the real estate investing business and I worked for two different real estate investment companies. We were flipping properties and um, investing in, in properties uh, both in Connecticut and my second company was down in, I was doing it from here, but the company was based in Memphis and Dallas, Texas. And I was head of acquisitions at the time with the second company and I was, I think I was 26 at the time, right? And I was doing so much, Alvi. I was managing a sales team. I was doing my own personal sales with investors. And I was actually on the road speaking, um, providing training to realtors and investors on how to start their own investment businesses, right? So I, I had all this ambition and I had all this um desire to kind of prove myself to my boss, my coworkers, and to be this like slick talking business guy. And I completely neglected my self care, my um, just stress levels. I completely neglected all of it. And that just led to this like tolerable anxiety, right? Where I was not comfortable and I was not able to handle the pressures that dealt with this sales position and managing a team and having to hit numbers every month. And, um, it led to a lot of stress, right? So Mm -hmm. I started getting this like tolerable anxiety and, uh, it started to lead to like these, these not like full on panic attacks, but just like anxiety ridden where I just felt unhappy, right? Cause I wasn't taking care of myself first. I, I put everything else before myself, right? First. Um, and that just led to this, this, this anxiety, as I mentioned. So it led to one moment where it became the tipping point. And I was on the road speaking in Huntsville, Alabama, of all places, speaking to a group of like 50 or 60 real estate investors and realtors. And I'm doing a presentation I've done a hundred times. I was very comfortable with it. We're offering, like a training program for real estate investors. And I'm halfway through the presentation and all of a sudden my heart starts to race and you know, my chest tightens. I start to see like spots, my vision's blurring and I have this full blown panic attack on stage in front of like 50 people. And it was, it was like just this eye opening moment. I had to sit down at the chair and like pretend that I was changing slides and drink water and people knew something was off, but I was able to kind of hide it. 
and I literally sat down for three minutes and just took deep breaths and drank water and flicked through slides and like there was this awkward moment of like just silence and um I was able to like force my way through the presentation but like after that moment I I knew something had to change that was the straw that Mm. broke the camel's back right? right so um and you know, what happened from that point in time was I, I just started to dedicate my life to well-being, right? I didn't leave the real estate industry. And that's a kind of a good point like I want to make here. It wasn't the real estate industry that stressed me out. It was myself and my habits and my actions and what I was prioritizing in my life and the lack thereof of my own self-needs and self-care, Um but what happened from that point in time? So I went on this journey starting about 10 years ago where I dedicated my life to learning about the, physiologi- the, the physiological you know, things going on within me, started to learn more about mindfulness. I, I just researched how to let go of stress, how to manage stress, how to you know, not have anxiety, right? So mindfulness came up, meditation came up. Um, I read books like The Power of Now from Eckhart Tolle. Um, I read books like The Surrender Experiment with Michael Singer, um, Untethered Soul by Michael Singer. I started to dive into spirituality, learning about Buddhism, this whole idea of, of impermanence and letting go of material wants. Because when I was 26, I had the, you know, the Skyrise penthouse apartment in downtown Miami. I had the nice car. I was partying on the weekends, all this stuff going on, Alvi, that I just, you know, was kind of like living an unhealthy life. Right. So, so I prioritized myself. I simplified, right? I started to meditate every day. I went on this journey learning about mindfulness and, and, and meditation. So that's kind of how I got started on this journey. And it was, it was a need personally before it became a business, right? And I kind of just went on this journey for four to five years while I was still in the real estate business space before I transitioned as a performance and wellness coach. Man, Joe, I appreciate you sharing that so much. And I think your story is a perfect example of the wounded healer, right? Mm. This person who has lived their experience and based on you hitting your tipping point, getting to that spot where, you know, the last straw that broke the camel's back happened and you have this panic attack during a presentation that you have given so many times, right? Yeah. That that yep. you know forward and backwards, like the back of your hand. And yet that was the moment that was the last moment after adding in just so many time after time after time after time after time again, where you were neglecting yourself instead of or in favor of giving to others or to other things, especially in the workplace. Exactly. And I love how you took your own experience and that's what started like your curiosity that had you go in and look at, okay, what is causing these these panic attacks? What is the cause of stress and anxiety? And then that pointed you to mindfulness and ultimately all the books, all the authors and starting to begin your own practice I'm curious, as you were going through this transition and you're just learning more about yourself and how to better manage your stress and your anxiety, at what point did you realize that this was something that you were going to want to actually help other people with as well? 
Yeah, yeah, it's a great question. It's a great question. And, um, you know, I knew that there was something here. I knew that there was something here with meditation and conscious breathing and, you know, just being able to simplify my life, right? So I continued in the real estate space for another four years after that that panic attack, after that incident. And I just did it with a, a different angle, right? I, I simplified and, and I told my boss, you know, I want to don't want to do public speaking anymore. So I cut that out, you know, and I, I basically um, transitioned out of a manager role and just did my own personal sales because I wanted to free up more time for myself. And I, I helped bring in a new manager and, and continued to work as a, a real estate investor and, and an acquisition specialist, but just working my own, my own sales, my own leads. And what's so interesting about that transition is over a three-year period, three out of those four years, Alvi, like my income doubled twice hmm. over over that three-year period. Like you know what I was making, my income actually doubled over twice. That's how successful I was doing because I was just in a better place mentally, emotionally, and physically and spiritually. Right. So, right. Um, so that was kind of a unique thing. And and you know, while I'm accelerating my career now, kind of with this renewed energy and this renewed perspective, because I was working so much hard, working so much harder on myself, I started writing and blogging. I just had a, a simple like personal development blog where I would just do book reviews and, and insights from every book that I read because I enjoyed that writing process. Um, and I, I did this a little bit before the panic attack as well, like just kind of book reviews and writing. So I had this kind of like um, calling and, and passion to write and just to share what I learned, right? I don't know what it looked like yet, but I just wanted to share what I learned through blogging and writing. Um, so, uh, you know, I think it was at that point where I said, Hey, you know, like I, I, I like real estate. I enjoy it. It's made me great money and I'm really grateful for that. But I just felt like this, this calling to do something different, to do something that was more aligned with the, the direction I was going in. And that was this well-being space, this this spiritual path, not that I'm like a spiritual teacher, but I incorporate a lot of that into my coaching, into my philosophies, right? So right. I was projecting on this path and it was like, I don't know what this looks like, but um, you know, I, I feel called to do it. Like I, I was blogging a lot more and I was like, I, I, wanna, I wanna share this in some way. I didn't know what that looked like yet. So this is 2000 and end of 2015, just 2016. And a good friend of mine, um, who's in a completely different industry, he was like a landscape architect, and he was working for a corporate company and like a big corporation, and just um, wasn't really happy. And he wanted to make some changes in his life, but he's like, "I'm gonna do uh, a year travel. You know, I'm I'm single right now. I'm gonna do a year travel. I'm gonna get out of this job. I got a little bit of money saved, and I'm gonna figure out my my next steps after I travel. But this is just something that I gotta do. It's a calling that I have." And he's like. Joe, I got a one-way ticket to Colombia on October 8th. Welcome to join me. And I was like, ah, oh, like travel the world. That's something that like sounds fun, right? Like I, I sure. always dreamed of that, but I never really thought of it as a reality. But my friend, like, he's like, I'm quitting my job in October in September. I'm gonna do this October 8th and I'm gonna do it and join me. So after like a month of mulling it over, I had the money saved because I was doing so well in real estate. And 
it was kind of difficult to leave that job because I was doing so well. I was making well over six figures and, you know, I was doing it like on my terms. I had a great schedule. I was enjoying mm. Miami life. Yeah. Um, had a great relationship with my boss. Um, but you know, like I just, I just did it. I, I jumped ship. I, I gave my, my month's notice and I booked a one-way ticket to Columbia um, in, in, uh, 2015, end of 2015. And, um, we traveled through South America for eight months and that was more of just like a travel experience kind of thing. I continued blogging and writing a lot, but I didn't have any business plans yet. Um, and then about halfway through the trip, I came back home to spend some time with my mom and, and to go to one of my friend's weddings. And I had plans to go to Vietnam. Um, mm. But uh, before I went to Southeast Asia, I stayed in New York City for two months just to experience New York, right? So I lived in New York City for two months and I wrote the book, The Inner Peace Experiment that you mentioned earlier, while living in New York. And that's kind of the, the mm. setting of the book, 30 days in New York City. And I journaled 30 days about my experience in New York, reflecting how I left my job and how I wanted to prioritize peace of mind and inner peace over you know over money and materials right so i called it the inner peace experiment so it's just i asked i asked people questions in new york like hey what's your definition of success one day i just asked 20 random people in new york what's your definition of success on the street which was kind of an interesting experiment so (laughs) so yeah i just did little things like that in new york city talked to homeless people talked to people in cafes I reflected on my travels in South America. I talked about my anxiety attack in in the real estate industry. So I share all these in my book, The Inner Peace Experiment. Wrote the draft in New York City. Then continued my travels. I did Bali and Indonesia. I did Vietnam um, for uh, almost a year. And then I did India for for four months. So I edited the book while I was in Southeast Asia. I published it the end of 2017. uh, Spent three months in India, just deep meditation. I went to ashrams. I Mm -hmm. lived with different Indian gurus in their communities and like just went full on, like, you know, off the grid, grew my beard out, grew my, grew my beard out, grew my hair out long, just became like this yogi for, you know, pretty much all of 2017, man, between Southeast Mm -hmm. Asia and India. And, you know, kind of lived very cheaply. I lived in hostels. I lived with friends. You know, I had a friend in India, I stayed with him and kept costs really low and just kind of lived this nomad, you know, I only, my only possessions, Alfie, were my two, two bags, one with my, com- my computer and a couple books and a bag of clothes. At wow. one point I had like just a pair of jeans, shorts, five t-shirts, and that was it. Mm. And I sold all my possessions before I left Miami um, when I left for Columbia. So that's, that's kind of my journey out of real estate. And then I came back to Miami 2018. I was like, how can I start a business based on what I love to write about and my book, The Inner Peace Experiment? Well, I was like, why don't I just start masterminds? I'll start, you know, little, little groups. So I have a a little studio, had a little studio here in Miami and I would bring people together, four, five, 10 people. And we would just talk about how to let go of stress, how mindfulness can contribute towards your life and how that can add value to your life. And um, that led to Miami Beach Masterminds. And then from there, I would offer one-on-one coaching. And and I did that all of 2018. And then 
the last year and a half, it's evolved to, you know, I was in a corporate space. I was in the, the business space and I was really stressed out, chasing sales, having to deal with deadlines, having to deal with high pressure environments. Man, what if I can bring some of that peace of mind, some of that stress reduction, some of that stress management, some, some of that mindful living into the workplace, right? So at that point in time, mm-hmm. I started working for uh, companies and finding clients to do either guided meditations or mindfulness talks or mindset talks, you know, how to clear your mind, get into flow state to get very intentional about what you want to create in your life. So that's the long-winded version, man, of, of my story and how it got into, you know, just working from doing it for myself to, to working for others. Man, brother, that's such a, a powerful story. And some of the things that came up for me is how you went from the kind of like the the stereotypical Miami lifestyle of like corporate grind, high rise building in the nightlife, like having a bunch of fun, <laughs> all of that stuff. But at the same time, like, you know, being under the stress of the deadlines, you know, looking good, having the material possessions, all of these things. And then you went completely to the other side of the spectrum and you went to so many of these peaceful places, right? Like the Mecca of a lot of stillness and mindfulness and meditation in mm. India, Bali, mm. not to mention all of your adventures in between in Colombia through uh, South America. And then I almost found it ironic that you that you wrote the inner peace experiment in New York City, right? <laughs> yeah. Like how, how funny is that, right? Like that's literally, at least in my mind, I make up one of the uh, most chaotic Right. And like hustle and bustle, like wild places, you know, in the world. So I think that's so cool. And I love how it came full circle and you got back here in 2018 and it's like, okay, how do I set myself up in such a way that I'm able to take everything that I learned through my own personal journey, my own personal growth, being able to transcend so much of the stress and the anxiety that comes with the corporate um, space and be able to create something that's going to offer that same type of value that you got to other people. Yeah. And that's magnificent, man. That's magnificent. I love that. And one thing I, I want to really touch on, because you were speaking on this early, and I think this really, um, it just sticks out to me so much. It's this idea, or at least I make up, a lot of people have this self-limiting belief that if I take time for myself or I work on my self-care, my self-love, my personal development, then my business is somehow going to suffer. Like Mm. it's an either or conversation. And you are living proof that by taking care of yourself, creating more time for yourself and healing yourself, you actually ended up doubling your income, not once, but twice. Mm. Right? Yeah, yeah, dude. How, How have you or how have you communicated to, or how would you communicate to the listeners who are spending a ton of time right now with their work and they don't see the value of their personal development or their self care? How can you show them that it's possible to actually have more success in business by working on yourself? Ah, that's a great question, man, and a great takeaway. And um, real quick, it's funny you said that about New York City because I think it is, yeah, the subtitle of my book is 
um, you know, inner peace experiment from chaos to calm, 30 days in New York City's concrete jungle, right? So it's that. like it's like the opposite of, of everything I was working on. So it's it's funny, man. But but great question, man. And and I think my feedback is 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 you said it, right? It's like, you know, we have this this misconception that, you know, our business or our, our income is gonna suffer when we spend more time on ourselves. And, you know, it couldn't be further from the truth, right? Because at the end of the day, the best business development starts with personal development, right? And mm. I think Jim, I think Jim Rohn said it. Like he, Jim Rohn was uh, Tony Robbins' mentor, yeah. and uh, you know, classic you know, motivational speaker in the '70s and the '80s. And and he said, you know, you if you work harder on work harder on yourself than you do on your job, work mm. harder on yourself than you do on your job, and. You know, what's ironic is once you do that, you actually become so much better at your job, whether you're on your own business or whether you're you're an entrepreneur just working within a company in a dynamic role, right? You will succeed more. You will succeed at a, at a faster rate when you work on yourself, right? Just because, you know, everything, everything just starts flowing better for you. Everything just slows down. This is that flow state that we, we try to achieve, right, is when we're clear, when everything is aligned and i think tim ferris talked about this too right it's not it's not lack of time it's lack of direction right mm, it's lack right. of direction so you know when we're very clear we've worked on ourselves and we've done the things that you did that you mentioned today you know it did the, the 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 ice bath and the the temperature changes and you activated your body today you did you did your 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 routine you know you got your groceries in you're well fed you took care of yourself you know in order to manifest we need to have energy, right? We need to manage our energy. So that's that's sleeping, that's the food that we eat, that's the 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 ways to get into flow state, whether it's exercise, whether it's meditation, whether it's breath work, all that stuff just allows us to think clearer, right? And to have that clarity and that that peace of mind and you know, it's it's from there where the magic happens, right? And I think that you know, to tell your listeners anything, it's just to is to take a step back, to slow down, and give yourself some of that self care, that self love, or that nourishment. You'll feel better. When you feel better, you're going to be able to act better. You're going to be able to produce more. You're going to be able to 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 again have the energy to manifest. And another good saying that you can take with you is is slow is smooth and smooth is fast, right? Mm. Slow is smooth and smooth is fast. And to quote Tim Ferriss again, I, I forgot where he heard this, um, but it's like we we overestimate what we can do in a day or a week and we underestimate what we can do in a year or two years. Meaning, mm. meaning you know, if we have this goal to say write a book in a year or to, you know, to hit a certain income level, say, whatever it is, $100,000 or a million dollars in two years, that seems overwhelming right away, right? And that, that kind of stresses us out right away. Um, but at the same time, we'll overestimate what we can do in a day and then that's how we create burnout. We try to do too much in a day right. versus the opposite. If we just chip away and do one thing really good during that day, one thing really good in that day, and then we believe, we believe wholeheartedly and visualize wholeheartedly and and we have created that year goal or that two-year goal within our hearts within our mind's eye 
fully, faithfully, then that's the path to success, right? You know, like you have the vision inside, but now you just do one or two things that are most important during that day or that week to get closer to that goal. So slow is smooth and smooth is fast. And, and, you know, we need to have energy to manifest, right? So, uh, working, working on yourself is, is the way to go. Man, I could, I could not agree more, Joe. I mean, these words are, are so powerful and they're so impactful. And I love that quote of slow is smooth and smooth is fast <laughs> yeah. because it really does tap right into what you say around how burnout occurs, how people are trying to do too much in too little of time mm. without any consideration on how they are resting and recovering. Yeah. W- one of my favorite sayings and something I live by is work hard, rest hard, mm. right? And, and understanding that I am very much like, you know, using the cell phone analogy if i am consistently working super hard and i drain my battery out and i'm on you know five percent i can't if i'm at five percent i can't be on the internet i can't make calls i can't do anything on my phone i need to go ahead and charge it yeah but if i don't charge the phone for the amount of time that it needs for the battery to get back up to a hundred percent well then shoot the next time that i am you know unplugging the phone and i'm back on it if I'm still at 12% because I didn't recover enough, well, then now I'm still going to have all the stress and the anxiety of like, man, how am I going to do all these things that I need to do with all this little bit of energy and resources that I actually have? Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, you know what I mean? So, Joe, you're spot on when you say it's so important, whether somebody is a, an entrepreneur, entrepreneur, they're working within a corporate structure, whatever type of work you're doing to understand that the more time and energy that you are putting into your work, that's amazing as long as you are putting the equal, if not more amount of time and how much you rest and you recover so that you're in a position to do your work smoothly exactly, so that you can man. move forward and do it the best way. I love that, man. That's such a, that's such a gem. And I'm really going to adhere to that quote because I love that. I love I love the work hard rest hard too man. I want to take that into consideration and, and use that as well man because that's what it's about man. It's about man- energy management is huge. It's huge man. And and um real quick Alvi if you don't mind um I know that your listeners probably know this but I I love to just hear how you kind of got started in the wellness personal development space, the coaching space. What was your transition to to actually share this with the world and to provide this as as a service and a calling for you working with others? Yeah, no, I appreciate that question. Man, it really all started for me almost just under six years ago. Um, It it really clicked when I was actually, I was in the hospital and Mm. I was sitting next to my mom who was on her deathbed, essentially. Mm. And, you know, what had happened was up to that point, my mom was, you know, growing up, she was my rock. She was everything for me and my brother, single mother, like bent over backwards in order to take care of us and help us. And it wasn't until I was older, I realized she did that without ever filling up her own cup Mm. in the process. And the way that she ended up getting in the, you know, on her deathbed was that she had a lot of these Western lifestyle diseases that we see today. She had she was obese. She had type two diabetes. Mm. She was addicted to her opiate prescription medicine. Mm. She had very much like a victim mentality. 
very much a, a fixed mindset and many things. And, you know, years before, because she was overweight, she got gastric bypass surgery. Okay. And over the span of, you know, about 10 years, she, you know, started to lose some weight and she had all of this extra skin okay. that she was very insecure about. Sure. So she wanted to get cosmetic surgery to get that skin removed. And okay. every single doctor that she went to told her like, hey, Vicky, you're not a healthy enough candidate to get this type of surgery because it is so traumatic on the body, right? It's, mm -hmm. it's, it's very hard on the body. So the body needs the resources, the energy required to bounce back from that. Mm. So my mom wasn't really taking no for an answer. So she eventually found a doctor who told her that in order to fix a hernia that she had, that he had to remove all the skin oh. around her midsection. Right. Okay. That was, yeah. So that was kind of like the, the loophole right. that they found. Right. Right. So, so my mom was like, you know, she got what she wanted. She, she was going to, she found a way to get this surgery right now at this point in my life i was pretty i was about three years into my own mostly like my physical wellness journey right i played okay. football in college okay i was a defensive lineman nice you know, once once i appreciate it yeah once i graduated you know my whole idea or my whole goal was to drop as much weight as possible and again it was for a very uh aesthetic reasons like you know i wanted to get a six-pack sure in my head that was gonna allow me to get all the girls that i wanted <laughs> right, like, like right. all of these these you know very um you know kind of like toxic masculine sure. uh, ideas of, of what i wanted and you know it just so happened that you know i started losing weight generally but then i got with a person who helped me really change my diet to more of a, a Weston A. Price diet. I'm not sure if you're familiar with Weston A. Price, but it's it's very similar to, you could say, like a paleo diet. Okay. okay. So very much cleaned up my diet, um, wasn't eating any processed foods, uh, eliminated pretty much all refined sugars, refined carbohydrates, was just focusing on nutrient density. You know, all of the, the animal products that I was eating was grass-fed, wild-caught, pasture-raised, all of that. Mm -hmm. And during this process, like, Joe, like the weight melted off, like in a matter of like four months, I probably dropped like 30 pounds. Wow. And yeah. And I went from like, at the time I was probably like 260 when I started and I dropped down to like 230. Okay. Right. So, cool. you know, one of the positive side effects was like, yeah, I lost all this weight, but the biggest thing was like a veil was lifted over my head yeah. and like my mindset completely changed. My energy yeah. changed. I was no longer that guy. If like you're in the club and you step on my shoes, I'm looking at you like, "What the fuck are right. you doing? Like, what's wrong with you? Like, oh, you know what I'm saying? Right, I wasn't, right, I wasn't right. that guy anymore." And as I was going through that journey, you know, I started to get a nutrition certification. I was already well versed in um, the body, and I was a personal trainer, sports performance coach. So when it came to my mom, I was trying to push all these things onto her. Right? Mm. I wasn't meeting her where she was at, but I was yeah. more so like, "Hey, you have to." eat like this you right. have to exercise in this way you need to get rid of all these things mm. and man it was so interesting like a lot of times my mom wouldn't listen because you know I, w the way that i was giving the message and how i was making it more of an ultimatum wasn't working mm. and my mom and i caused us to have a lot of like arguments like up until like my from my early adulthood up until she ended up passing away and man, literally the day, Joe, before she was going to get her surgery, mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I went to visit her. 
we were talking, hanging out, and she was actually having second thoughts about the surgery. Okay. And, you know, we were having a conversation around. I'm telling her, like, hey, mom, you don't need the surgery. Um, you know, we'll figure this out. Like, you only have to worry, this, that, the other. And okay. eventually she's just like, no, no, like, you know, I'm going to go through with the surgery anyways. Okay. And that led to us getting into another big argument. Ooh. And unfortunately, that argument was the last conversation that I ever had with my mom. Mm. So my mm. mom went, got the surgery, woke up out of the surgery. She called a couple people, told them that, you know, she was kind of feeling like short of breath, like she couldn't really mm. catch her breath completely. Okay. And very soon after that, she went to an episode in the hospital where she couldn't breathe. Mm. The hospital induced her into a coma. Mm. She got transferred to another facility. They put her on a ventilator. Um, and, you know, slowly after about like eight to 10 weeks, she just never came out of it. Mm. And I had a moment in the hospital where there was one time we were sitting there and I, and I felt like, like my mom could like see me. Cause like yeah. whenever I was there, it would almost be like, she was kind of just, she just wasn't there. Right? right. Right. But there was this one moment where I felt like she was there. She couldn't speak. But we were looking at each other, and, man, Joe, I just started, like, bawling, crying. Yeah. Man, just apologizing, telling her how sorry I was for how I had acted, you know, those last few years towards her, mm. how I was always trying to change her and make her do things my way, and not loving her unconditionally. Mm. And, uh, you know, we had that moment. And, man, after she passed away, that that I knew there was something missing in, like, my skill set mm. it's like yes i was well versed in movement yes i was well versed in nutrition but i was missing that skill set to really meet my mom where right. she was at got it and that and that's what led me to getting a um a life coaching certification through the right. human potential institute and it was a 35 week program and it really taught me so much of the skills of not only like active listening meeting somebody where they're at but it actually almost worked as, you know, as inner healing for me because that was my first time opening up about my mom's death, mm. about the things that I was going through. Because when she first died, I was just very stoic about it. Like, at least in front of other people, I would shove everything down, yeah. try to act like everything was okay. And, um, you know, but when I was by myself, bawling, crying, yeah. you know, super upset. And I carried a lot of guilt and shame mm. with me for that. And you know, my company is called You Can Too. Mm. And the the reason at the time I came up with You Can Too was because I heard my mom say I can't so much. Ah, okay. So, yeah, so like as I was doing my work, my, my inner work, and as I was doing, you know, the outer work of, of having a profession, you know, I would, I helped literally hundreds of people either lose weight, gain more muscle mass, become better athletes, have a better mindset, like have a better relationship with themselves, with food, with others. And no matter how many people I helped, to me, it didn't matter because it was like, oh, but I couldn't help my mom. Mm. So even my work was coming from this place of incompleteness, right? And comparison yeah. of something right. that I could never really measure up to. Right. And man, it wasn't until... It was right before my, I was 29, so this was about three years ago. Okay. Where I had my first ayahuasca ceremony. Okay. And, and during that first night of sitting down with the medicine, man, I had all of these visions 
of past experiences of like how much my mom did for me right mm-hmm. and yeah like literally i'm wrapped up in my blanket i literally felt like i was back like in my mom's womb just remembering all of these experiences wow. all these experiences and it literally shifted my mindset and it made me realize that i get my love of giving mm-hmm. from my mom that level mm-hmm. of service that i have that i want to help others comes from my mom oh. and the lesson that i got from her death is that i can't truly help somebody without helping myself first and filling mm-hmm. up my own cup, right? In the same way that you were saying that, or how Jim Rohn said that, you know, you gotta work harder on yourself than you do on your job, right? Right. And what that resonates for me in this situation is like, I had to work harder on myself than I did for others. And once I got into that mindset, it literally completely changed how I showed up for myself how I showed up for people that I work with. And now whenever I do work with somebody, it is truly meeting them exactly where they're at, coming Mm -hmm. to them completely open, no judgment. And just like you focus on, like focusing on that clarity of, okay, what is it that you're looking to accomplish? Mm -hmm. Why is that thing so important to you? What are the limiting beliefs the ineffective habits the actions or the inactions that are preventing you from getting there Mm. how are you gonna feel once you achieve that and is it possible to already feel right now those ways of being before you even accomplish it because Mm -hmm. it's already there it's already done it's already inside of you so my mom's my mom's death was really that turning point for me that had me completely dive into the personal development and really switch from the aspects of only helping people with their physical health and now helping them find their ideal balance of physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual health in a sustainable and fulfilling way. Yeah, dude. Wow. Wow. Thank you for sharing that, man. What a beautiful story, touching and, and, um, you know, my, my thoughts and prayers on, on your mother's passing, of course, my condolences and, and um, thank you for sharing and being so vulnerable about that story and how that process went went down. And um, I love how you've reflected on that, man, and how you said after that ayahuasca journey, how, you know, your your gift of service to others is the passing, the DNA, the passing, the the upbringing that you've gotten from your mom, from from the womb to to her deathbed, right? Like yeah. to see to see her care for you, to raise you through childhood, regardless of some of the things that she went through and the addictions that she had or the the victim mentality that she had. She always had her love and support for you, and and that you're living her legacy as you help others in this space, right? And and you're continuing to help others in the nutrition and the life coaching space. So it's a beautiful way to continue her legacy, man. And then then the realization to to again to really make sure that your cup is full first, right? And to not do anything from an incomplete or lack mentality. Yeah. Uh, it's just so beautiful, man. And, and she was listening to you. 100% without a doubt when you were there, you know, next to her while she was in a coma, like she was listening to you. She heard every word, you know, you had your conversations that need to be had, even though she couldn't 
talk and, and, and she's still with you too, brother. You know, she's still with you and with you every day. And, you know, I, I just lost an uncle, man, COVID mm. last, last week. And, um, oh, I'm sorry. Buddy. Yeah, no, thank you. Thank you. And, and same thing, man. I, I felt, I felt some guilt because I didn't reach out as much as I could have this past couple of years. Cause he's up in New Jersey. I'm here. And, and, but he was so close to me when, first 25 years of my life, man, like my father passed when I was 18 and mm. I, I didn't have like my grandfather and my uncles kind of stepped up when my dad left, my mom and my dad split up in my, when I was 12. So my uncle showed so much love to me and the same thing, like thinking back on all the good memories, he showed so much love to me my entire life, like, you know, birthday presents and taking me to baseball games and going out fishing and you know, all this stuff that he did, he just wanted to be with family. He wanted to be with his nephews. He wanted to be with his daughters. Like he was just full of life and full of love. And it just happened so unexpectedly. I, I really, I didn't think he was going to succumb to, to COVID, right? Like I, I didn't, he, he had no pre-existings and, and like, I just, I didn't reach out a whole lot, even during his sick process and by then it was it was too late. He was already kind of on a ventilator, on oxygen, and not on a ventilator, but oxygen. And then he was going towards the ventilator, and that's when we started texting. And I I didn't get a chance to talk to him on the phone, man. And and I I feel some guilt about that too, man. Just to not having some kind of closure. So it's so funny you're sharing your story, man, because it's like it's so spot on with what I feel right now about my uncle, man. So. I just appreciate you sharing that, dude, and and um, you know I think we both are living, you know, our family's legacy through our services and our work, right? I think that's the, the silver lining. Absolutely, absolutely. And my condolences to you and your family. Thank you, man. It's um, yeah, man. It's it's tough, man. Every time you know I hear someone losing a family member, oftentimes you know the sentiments come up of. You know, I wish I was doing more. I wish I had reached out more. I mm. uh, wish I was, you know, creating more space. And to me, it's always such a reminder that life is now. Yeah. Right. And as I think about it, too, with, you know, the, the average American will say that's out there. There's so much focus strictly on career where, like, you know, the job is the center of their, their solar system. Right. It's the sun in their solar system. And because of that. There's so many other aspects of life that they don't give the time, energy, love, and attention to. And it's not until that those specific parts are taken away that it's like, damn, I wish I would have ABC, one, two, three, X, Y, Z, you name it, right? All those different stories that come up. And for everyone listening, I just want to really encourage you to kind of take an internal audit and get very clear like Joe said, create clarity around what is most important to you in your life. What are the all the important things, whether it's in regards to family, your health, your personal development, your spiritual growth, your community at large, whatever it may be. Are you creating the time for it? Are you giving each of those aspects of your life the the energy and love and appreciation that it deserves? And if you're not, what can you do to create that space if it's truly important? And Joe, I would love if you could give the listeners 
maybe some tips on how they can get more clear on what is truly important to them in their life and how they can go about creating that space. Yeah, dude. And that's, that's a great reminder to your audience. I'm, I'm taking notes right here as you're talking about it. Cause it's like, who can I call today? Right? Like life is now like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm going to call my mom today, right? Checking on her. It's, it's my uncle's, my uncle's sister. My mom is and, and check in with her, mm-hmm. check in with my uncle's daughters again and, and make sure that I'm, fully present with those relationships more so than I was in the past, right? So I think you just nailed it for me right there and how important that that is, is our immediate family and, and our close friends and our our community that really matters to us, right? So uh, I think that's that's what I took away from just your reminder to us, man. So thank you. And, and um, in terms of getting really clear on what matters, right? Um, I think it's always important, let's bring it back to mindfulness, right? Is to create stillness and silence and inner space with yourself first, right? Um, Set time for me time, for Alvi time, for Joe time, for your time, whatever that is, right? Make sure you carve out some time each day. Maybe that's in the morning before you start your your workday and your busy schedule. Maybe that's the evening sunset hour, going for a nice sunset walk. Maybe that's the gym, right? And and really being present with your workout and using that time after the gym or a run or a bike ride or yoga. Cause I know personally I feel great after after meditation, after breath work or after exercise. I feel so mm-hmm. clear. So I like to use that clear headed time when my energy's up and my mind's clear. I've got the cobwebs out through either breathwork, meditation, or exercise. I like to use that time to really prioritize what's important, right? So, you know, uh, control your environment, control yourself first. So my first word of advice is control your environment through setting up that time where you can tap into what I call internal music. And... You know, it's like that internal music within you where everything is just humming and you can really get clear on what's important to you, whether that's your family, a project that you've been you've been putting off, but you know that that matters so much to you, right? Or mm-hmm. or a particular area of life that you want to improve on, right? Or a relationship that you want to improve on. You know, how can you do that? Plan that out. So you're you're tapping into your internal music after that workout or after that meditation right away. Here's what not to do after that workout or after that meditation, right? Is don't check your email right away or check your notifications right away because then what you're doing is you're now reacting to external noise, right? We wanna focus on that internal music, that flow state, take advantage of those peak flow states to get really clear on what it is that we wanna accomplish, right? Our journaling, our planning, Um, maybe it's prepping for a project. This can be like, this can be used tactically too in business strategy, right? So if you have an important phone call to make, you know, plan it so you're doing it after a visualization or after a meditation. So you can be very good with that, that, that conversation. Um, So again, that's tapping into internal music versus external noise, right? Um, So that's the environment. And then in terms of getting clear, right? I love to journal, Alvi. I love to write down ideas. I love to write down things to get clarity. So sometimes it will just mm-hmm. be free writing, like therapeutic writing as to what I'm feeling, what I'm going through, 
what areas in life I need to be focusing on more. Or sometimes I just write 10 ideas down like, all right, what are my um, 10 most important things that I want to focus on this month, right? And I write those things down. What are um, the, the 10 things that I want to blog about and write about, right? I want to get clear on that. What are the 10 things I can do to surprise my mom for her birthday or surprise my sister for her birthday? What are things that I can do to to develop that relationship, right? Whatever it is, I love to write things down. Maybe you're not sure yet where you want to focus your time. You know, write down what your interests are now. What are you following on social media? What are you reading? What shows or movies are you watching? Where do you find your passion, right? Where's your passion at? And by doing those things, you're going to get closer to, all right, this interests me. This is something that I can start prioritizing more of in my life, right? So uh, I love to check in with myself through through journaling and through finding out where my priorities are and what needs to be adjusted from that or what steps needs to be taken to actually start moving towards the things I want more in my life, whether it's relationships or a specific project. So um, I don't know if that makes sense, but that's that's the uh, the answer that came to mind, um, you know, as we're discussing here. Bro, that was super beneficial. I think what comes up for me when you talk about all that, it's 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 how important the intentionality is mm. to be intentional about controlling your environment, mm-hmm. to be intentional about creating the space and time for you to do the things that are going to allow you to fill your cup, that are going to allow you to get into the flow state that are going to allow you ultimately to create whatever it is that you're looking to create in your life. And I love the journaling and the writing things down. I think journaling is one of the most powerful forms of introspection, mm-hmm. right? So being able to write down like, hey, what are my thoughts that are coming up? What are my feelings that I'm experiencing? What are the tasks that would like really like fill my cup and that would really advance my passion project or whatever that most important thing is right at the time. But it's just like you say, man, it's like creating the time to do those things. And in order to create the time, take that step back and be intentional about it. Like put it in your schedule. I love what, yeah, I love what you said about, you know, staying in that flow state by, you know, tap into the meditation, the stillness practice, the exercise, the yoga, whatever it is. And then in that space right after that, use that time to to kind of like get things out on paper, yeah. right? To to get clear and see what comes up for you because now you're in this space where a lot of that busyness and that clutter is no longer there so now there's more space for all the great juicy things to come up exactly man that that internal music brother it's it's great and that's working on yourself right you know doing that flow state type of stuff to activate yourself the yoga the meditation the breath work the the exercise and then giving yourself that time right after this is what i do it works for me i love i love writing after uh, a meditation you know because again back to inner stillness, back to inner spaciousness, back to awareness and creating this this presence, right? Where everything is off your mind. You're 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 removing, you're decluttering the mind and you're creating space for 
things to 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 be created right you're you've cleared out the soil for new seeds to to be planted and developed right so that's the idea and you know uh some journaling exercises real quick i can just share is like you know yeah it'd be awesome just just these are simple stuff and and i'm sure your readers know but again it's it's about being brilliant with the basics. Uh, you're a football, yeah. you're a f- football guy. That's uh, Vince Lombardi, there, man. Just be brilliant mm. with the basics. Um, what what is your vision, right? And if you're not sure about that, write ten ideas down on what your vision can be. You know, once you come up with that, it's like, why do you have that vision? And these are the questions that you asked your, your, your you, you you shared before, right? They're very similar, but why do you have this vision? What's the greater purpose behind it? What does it serve? And then and then how will you implement that vision, right? Just very basic. What is your vision? Why do you have it? What greater purpose does it serve? And then how will you implement that? And then and then you just play with possibilities, right? You know, when you're journaling, there's no there's no end all, right? It's like, you know, just flow freely and you know, just play with possibility, you know, come, come with that. You can too mindset, come with hey. that possibility mindset, man. I, I love it. You know, you, you got to come from that place of possibility and abundance versus self-limitation and, um, anything's possible when it comes to relationship creation and comes to your endeavors and it comes to doing things right. Because at the end of the day, like use use our stories. I'm telling the readers out there or the listeners out there, use your stories. Use these stories that we're sharing about, you know, loved ones passing away and you know, it, you never know when your time's up, right? So use that right. as a as a motivating factor. I think, you know, like it, it's so it's so important to like, hey, be present, right? And live in the now, as you said, to start living that vision right away, right? And and I think a big thing too, man, is like, is, and I mentioned this earlier about kind of getting stressed out and burnout, but I think this is a, a, a kind of a cooler way to say it when it comes to visualizing. A lot of people don't hit their goals or don't believe in their manifestation that they want to create because um, they focus too much on the mechanics and mm. they make the mechanics more important than the goal, right? They worry and fret too much about the how, Alvi. They worry and fret too much about the how. And because of that, it's like that whole thing of like, I want to make a million dollars within two years. It's already too overwhelming because they try th- they try thinking about how they're going to do that, right? right they're worried right. about the mechanics. And when you worry too much about the mechanics in day one, you're going to quit before you even start because it's going to seem too overwhelming. So you have to let go of the how let go of the mechanics when you're dreaming, when you're visualizing, like visual visualization and journaling out your big idea, your big plan needs to be in and of itself a separate entity that you, you kind of you put into your 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 imagination box and you let mm. that just you just let that water and cultivate and plant those seeds and you just put it in that box of faithfulness and belief and believing that you already have it within you, right? And and don't even worry about the how, the mechanics. The mechanics will start taking care of themselves once right. you start working backwards and you start chipping away at, all right, what's the first step here? Again, you know, don't burn out. What's one thing that you can do today to move you towards that? Not 10 things, 
one mm-hmm. thing and then the, the next mechanic will show up then the next mechanic will show up but you can't think about that while you're dreaming right you got to forget about the how and just think about that end goal and why you want to achieve it and what that looks like that that end chapter not the end chapter but the end chapter of that book you'll have many books that you're going to write internally right. but that one specific chapter how is that chapter going to look at the end and and then you just visualize and focus on that fully and embrace that fully and that's how you start manifesting and then you start being grateful for that now right the whole joe yeah. dispenza the whole yep. joe dispenza bring the gratitude in for things that you mm-hmm. want to create in the future as if you've already received it now yeah and that's where the magic happens absolutely absolutely man what you say is so spot on and it's such and it's in such alignment with what i believe in and what i teach because just like you said and how dr joe explains it it's understanding that in the quantum right if we're getting a little metaphysical here i love it oh i love going woo woo brother i love it <laughs> yeah hey for sure on the next one we're gonna go deep deep into the woo for sure but it's like you know in the quantum every single possibility exists every possibility is happening so depending on how i am thinking about something that is going to directly correlate to the result that i get and i love how you talk about how it's not so much about the how or the mechanics right Mm. it's being so clear on what is the vision yes why is this my vision you know what's the greater purpose behind it Right. And then from there, step one of how will I implement it? Exactly. What's the step that I can do right now that is going to get me closer to that outcome? Yet at the same time, still believe that I have already achieved the outcome because I have. Yes. Right. Dude. And it's it's so powerful. I love that. And that's something that I work on now, especially with myself. And have you ever heard of the book, um, A Happy Pocket Full of Money? You know what? I have heard of it. I've had, I have two friends that are reading it right now, and you're the third person that mentioned to me. So that's a sign that yeah, I've got to so. get this book, man. Yeah, tell I, me about I, it. I love it. I love it. So, you know, A Happy Pocket Full of Money, it's really about having abundance in the here and now, yeah. right? And it really goes into the quantum physics of like, you know, all possibilities. And it also talks into like the gratitude and the beingness of already knowing that whatever I'm looking for is already here. I already have it. And, you know, they have the mantra, I am wealth, I am abundance, I am joy. And I've just been tapping into that really for the last two years because I read the book for the first time last year. Mm. I'm going through it a second time this year and I can already tell this is going to be a yearly book that I read. Yeah. But what I notice is that in these last, um, really, man, this last like three weeks, my business has been expanding bigger than it ever has. And I, and I truly believe it is because of how I am already embodying that the results that I'm looking for are already here. It's already happening. And then that's allowing me to just take yes. hey, what's the most the one most important step today. That's awesome, man. Do that thing and all the stuff just starts showing up. It's amazing. Dude, congratulations and and that's it, man. It's like you're owning it, right? You you're believing and owning it what you're capable of in terms of the services that you're providing and how big and how abundant your company can be and it's it's 
believing that wholeheartedly. It's it's faithfully knowing that and and having that crystal clear vision. And it's that whole saying too: pray as if your prayers prayers are already answered. Right? It's like just yes. it's just having gratitude for the things that you already have within you, and then it just becomes it becomes. A future timeline thing right it just it just naturally comes there and you're like all right great like now it's it's materializing it's it's vibrational escrow man to, to be woo woo yes. right it's vibrational escrow and that's awesome man and and so well said i i agree 110 percent, man it's just like you're crushing it and you know it's because of the belief and the mindset you're owning it right now man and um Dude, this is like such a refreshing conversation, man. It's like it's great to talk with you and and just to have these conversations on mindset and and abundance and reflections on our journeys, man. It's like it's really it's really been such a joy talking with you, man. And um this is this is great, dude. Like um such a pleasure. No, man. Thank you so much. And I I feel the exact same way being able to have these types of conversations with, you know, when I talk to you, I feel like I'm talking to a mirror, somebody who embodies so many of the same things, who have gone through very similar life circumstances, knowing what it's like to hit, you know, your own version of rock bottom and have that, have you show up in the world and for yourself in just a whole different way. And I'm excited to, um, man, keep it going, like really dive into like a deeper relationship with each other and really have an amazing 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 uh friendship going forward and bro there's no doubt in my mind that we're going to be doing more podcasts together because we're just scratching the surface but i think we, we we left the listeners and the viewers with man so much that they can take with them to move forward and to get more clear and to start to visualize embody and embrace where it is they want to go in their life. I love it, man. I, I love it, dude. And I, I couldn't agree more. I'm looking forward to building our connection, our friendship and our relationship here as we're, you know, really in uh, a great service, man, for, for people out there and, and just um, trying to provide, you know, a little bit more light, a little bit more um, awareness on what's possible and to help people just connect to their 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 highest and fullest self and, and continuing to do that for myself as well. Like I'm, I'm continually trying to level up and to um, become more aware, to become more conscious and to become more connected to people like you, man. And to, to, you know, rising tide, tide raises all ships, right. To be able to kind of support and help each other in the community is, is really one of the biggest things that help, helped me in, in, in my life, right, is being around people, too, that can support me and lift me up and, and inspire me, man. So this has been this has been great, brother, and I hope the, the listeners uh, enjoyed it, man. And um, this was a lot of fun. I hope to do it again with you sometime. Oh, heck yeah. I know the listeners got a lot out of this. We're definitely going to do this some more. And like, like you said, man, when we're doing the inner work and we're working on ourselves, it allows us to find each other and get into each other's spaces in the same way that we have. So amazing. Awesome. Joe, where, where can the, the listeners find you online? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, man. Well, my, my Instagram is at Joe Metcalf. That's J O E M E T C A L F E. And my website is Joe Metcalf.com. So same spelling, just uh, Joe Metcalf.com. That's my corporate wellness and, and masterminds website just to learn more about what I do from a, uh, a facilitation standpoint and um, 
yeah, the, the Instagram is more of a personal thing. I don't do too, I do business stuff on there, but not too much. But if you wanted to give me a shout out on Instagram, you can reach me out out there. And I think those are the, the two best spots to learn a little bit more and, and to also connect with me. So uh, beautiful, brother. No, oh, beautiful. And everyone listening, please take Joe up on that. Dive into his website. He talks even more about his story and he has so many amazing ways that he can help you, your business, your company, and honestly, the world at large. So please, please, please take him up on that. Uh, mean, means the world, brother. Thank you so much. And Alvi, it's just a uh... Really, I mean, I enjoy this conversation so much. So what you're doing is is really special, brother. And uh, appreciate all the all the uh, the feedback and all the, the things that you shared on this on this conversation. Uh, amen, brother. It's my pleasure. Love and light. And until next time, Joe. And I'm gonna see you on Friday. So in a couple of days from now. So I'm super hyped for that. Awesome. But, uh, yeah, man. Enjoy your day. Keep shedding your light. And bro. Keep rocking, man. You're a gift to this world. All right, man. Likewise, be well. Yes, sir.